For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love James chapter 4 and verse number 1. James chapter 4 and verse number 1 as we continue our series in the book of James. I want you to remember that the theme of James is to instruct us Christians on how to grow in our faith and to mature in our Christianity to be more like Christ. Amen. So as we're looking at these verses today, I want you to keep that in mind that that is the theme of James, that he wants you to grow in your Christian faith to mature in Christ. Amen. James chapter 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust, that in your that war in your members? Verse 2. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Now the Bible says in verse number one, from whence come wars and fightings among you, question mark. He's asking you to ask yourself, where do wars come from? Where does fights come from? Where does bickering come from? What causes all this fighting in the world? And if you watch TV or listen to the radio, or read the newspaper, or right here in America, you will see all kinds of people fighting about what's right or what I want or what should we do or what should be done. What causes all this fighting? Well, the Bible's telling you that it arises from that strong desire that is within you. That is, it's a struggle to be constantly satisfied. That's what it is. We want our way. And a lot of it is pride. A lot of it is, I want what I want because that's what I want. I want my way. And so the Bible asks, where does all this fighting come from? It comes from within you. It comes from within your own heart. It comes out what's in you. And a lot of times... People fight over the lust over uh, to accumulate material possessions. Boy, howdy. If you've ever been at a, a Walmart on, on a Christmas or a Black Friday, and there's just hundreds or thousands of people standing around just waiting to get these items that are on sale, they will run you over. And they would just about take it from you. Why? Because I want what I want. I want that material possession. And this can, can happen even between nations, between countries. I want what I want. This is what I want, and I'm going to fight over it. I'm not talking about when you protect yourself 
when somebody comes at you or somebody attacks our country and we stand up for ourselves, I'm talking about another nation going in and taking over another nation because that's what I want. I want control. And if you'll stop and look at your own self, in your own life, in your own heart, a lot of times that's where the disputes come from. According to the Bible, it comes out of your own heart, your own desire, your own pride that I want what I want and I'm willing to fight for it. I don't care what it costs, but I'm going to get that. And we... We do, a lot of us, especially men, I can't speak for the women, but especially men desire a prestigious high position. And men will often step on each other to get it. They will go behind each other's back to get it. They will do whatever it takes to get that prestigious high position. And I've often said this, and I've got this right out of the Bible, that a man that's trying to make himself great will step on others to get there. But a man who is truly great will lift others up when he gets there. And here is my example. When, when Daniel, remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel interpreted the king's dream, and the king gave him second in command over all the land, what was the first thing Daniel did? He asked to give his three friends a high prestigious position why is that he lifted those up because he was a truly a great man see he was lifted up and he lifted others up with him and that's what a man that is truly great will do but a man does have a a, a, a desire in his heart to have a prestigious high position and that's pride that is pride and oftentimes we fight over, we have such a craving for pleasure. If you look at all the commercials today, it's all about comfort, all about ease, all about taking it easy, all about making it nice for you. We want pleasure. We crave that. We crave the easy life. And a lot of times we'll do what it takes to get that, your flesh, I'm not talking about the save side of you. You remember James, the book of James is written to Christians so that they may mature in their faith. But you still have that flesh side of you. Even after you're saved, it's like dragging around a, a dead body and it wants what it wants. The flesh desires and it craves pleasure. Yet our flesh is never satisfied. It always wants more. And that's a trick of the devil. He hangs those lures out in front of you. And yes, he does it to Christians also. It looks so good and you chase after it. You ever go fishing? I love the saltwater fish. And they have a lure called the spoon. And it's just a, this shiny looking spoon. And it's got a hook on the end of it. And you throw it out in the water and the sun's shining. You can see it reflecting way down deep in the water like a mirror as if you're holding it in the sun. And it just shoots a beam of light. And that thing's spinning around it and it's flickering and it catches that fish's attention. Next thing you know, that fish is chasing it. Boy, that looks so good. Look at that shiny thing. And they chase it and they chase it and they finally get it and they bite into it. And But when they get it, they don't want it anymore. But it's got them on the hook. You listen to me, Christian. You be careful because sin is just like that. It looks so good. You chased after it. It looks so pleasurable. It'll satisfy my flesh, but yet when you get a hold of it, it's got you and you can't hardly let it go without the power of God on your life. So you be careful. Don't chase after the devil's lures. 
And James says here, James says that, that we almost commit murder by wanting those things. We don't literally kill, but the anger and jealousy and cruelty we generate is almost like murder. It most certainly is. I'll do whatever it takes to get what I want. And that is the flesh side of a person. And we see it in the world all the time. And the world's not ashamed of it. As a matter of fact, they're prideful about it. They'll step on whoever they have to to get what they want to get to the top, to get that prestigious position. And they'll fight for it, and it doesn't matter who they hurt. But as Christians, we're not called to that. As Christians, we're called to humble ourselves. As Christians, we're, we're called to reflect the love of Christ. As Christians, we're called to put others first. As Christians, we're called to love thy neighbor as thyself. As Christians, we're called to set the example for the world and for our family. Amen. Look with me now in verse number three, James chapter four and verse number three. The Bible says, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. What if God does not answer your prayer? What about keeping up with the Joneses? You ever listen to yourself pray? We ask for a lot of things for ourselves, don't we? Lord, help me with this. Lord, I need this. Lord, do this. Lord, do this. And many times, if we're not careful, we may not even just ask God for it, but we desire it in our heart. That keeping up with the Joneses saying, and that's a nice, polite way of putting it, by the way, keeping up with the Joneses. The truth is, that saying is really about greed, covetousness, and envy. That's what it's really about. I understand that we've come up with this nice title for it, keeping up with the Joneses, but the truth is, it's a whole lot of greed, covetousness, and envy. That's what it's about. And so careful, that's not what's in your heart. Careful, that's not what you want most. Make sure what you want most is to be close to God. Amen? Why, why are we so slow to learn that true pleasure and happiness is found when we obey God's word? That's the only true pleasure and true happiness that is really fulfilling in a Christian's life. Why? Because that is what the new nature desires. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Listen to me, Christian. It is great gain in your life when you're close to God and you are content with that. Don't, you don't look at all these worldly possessions and all these things that everybody else wants. But when you're close to God, it brings contentment in your life. And the Bible says that is great gain. Verse number seven of that says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. The Bible says you didn't bring anything into this world. You came in naked and you're not taking one single thing with you. You don't never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. It's not going with you. The only thing that you're going to take with you is the works that you did for the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to me. Like that verse says, godliness with contentment is great gain when you're doing the work for the Lord, when you're living in Christ. Amen. When you're setting the example, when you're witnessing, when you're passing out tracts, when you're working for the Lord, maybe you just sweep the church and vacuum the church, but amen. Hey, God puts much value on 
that those are the things that you can take with it with you. All these material possessions and money and power and prestige and gold and silver and homes and cars, they will mean nothing. They will be burnt up. You cannot take one single thing with you. You can't even take a lug nut off your car. You're not getting one thing, the Bible says. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can take nothing out. But the Bible even goes a step further than that. It says having food and raiment, raiment being clothes. When you got clothes and you got food, the Bible says, let us be there with content. We got food, we got clothes, and we're close to God. There is nothing better that you can have in your life, the Bible says. It is great gain. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a good job. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a, take good care of your family. I'm not saying it's wrong for you to have a nice home for your kids to grow up in. There is nothing wrong with that. But when those things are before Christ, when those things are in front of you serving God, when those things are in front of you being right with God, when those are the things that you want most in this world, that's when it becomes wrong. But that's when you've taken God off the throne in your heart and you've put material possessions on there and that's what you're chasing and lusting after that's when it becomes wrong he says godliness with contentment is great gain amen look with me now in james chapter 4 verse number 4 the bible says ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with god whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I want you to notice the terms that it uses, adulteress and adulteresses. You know, there's something about sexual sin that can destroy everything about you. It can destroy the fabric of your home. It can destroy the fabric of this nation. It brings so many horrendous things with it. And God says, hey, if you love those things, you're my enemy. Now, nobody wants to be the enemy of God, even those people that, that say there's no God and there's an atheist. I promise you, they don't want to truly be an enemy of God. And in their heart, they may never say it, but who wants God as their enemy? But the Bible says that when you love those things, when you love those sexual sins, when you love those worldly things, when you chase after them, or when you covet them, when you live in that sin, the Bible says, God says, you're at enmity with God. And whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Verse number five tells you, do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Now, when it says spirit, it's with a little s. That's your spirit. That's you. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, do you think the scripture saith in vain? In other words, do you think the scripture is wrong? Is the Bible wrong? No, it is not wrong. It's God's holy word. And in Psalms, he tells us that God holds his word above his own name. That's how important God's word is to him. Amen. And he says, that spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy you, the flesh side of you. It lusts, it has envy. And even some of the best Christians I know, and when they're truly honest, will admit that, hey, they look out in the world and they see some things that look good. And listen, there are some really smart, really, really smart people behind some commercials that you watch a 30-second commercial and you just think to yourself, wow, I got to get one of those. 
Wow, if I had one of those, people will think I'm somebody. If I had one of those, I would be happy. If I had one of those, I'd think really good of myself. If I had one of those, they would say I'm a good father. They would say I'm a good mother. They would say I'm a good parent. They would say I'm a good citizen. They would say I'm somebody. There's some really smart people making these kind of commercials, and they, they make you lust after something that you don't need to pay way too much money for something that has four wheels that gets you from A to B when you can get something that costs half the price to get you there. Hey, they're smart and they tap in to that. Amen. But be careful getting yourself in debt because the Bible says that the borrower is a slave unto the lender. And let me tell you, you get yourself so deep, so deep in a debt, how are you going to serve God when you're serving all these other things, when you're working yourself half to death just to pay the bill so that you can have something shiny sitting in the driveway or some big nice home that doesn't mean anything. So you be careful. Don't get yourself too far in debt. Because the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. We look out into the world and we say, boy, that's nice. Boy, I'd like to have that. Boy, that'd make life easy. Boy, I'd sure be comfortable with that. And we look at those things, those material things. And yes, some of them are nice. But do you really need it? Do you have to have it? Can you live without it? The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. That should be first and foremost in our life. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Look with me now in verse number six, James chapter four and verse number six. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Grace, grace, God's grace. Amen. Thank God for God's grace. Romans 3.24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are justified before God Almighty because of the grace and the redemption that Jesus Christ has showed to me, a sorry, rotten, no good sinner, but yet he loved me enough to show me his grace to redeem me. Amen. Romans 5.20 tells you, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. In other words, there's no sin that God's grace can't cover. Where, where sin did abound, grace did abound much more. There's, there's no sin, how, no matter how deep, no matter how wide, no matter how bad, that the grace of God cannot cover. The grace of God does much more abound than any sin. God can forgive you. And you say, I can't even forgive myself. That's okay. God can forgive you. And with time and with his grace, you can forgive yourself. Amen. I know that is a personal struggle that I have had, that I know that God has forgiven me, but I have a hard time forgiving myself. But I have to remember what the Bible says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And praise God for that. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning, God can cover us with his grace. Where sin did abound, much more grace did abound. Amen. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 tells you, For ye know the grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. The Lord Jesus Christ, sitting in heaven on the right hand of the Father, on the right hand of God, left his throne. He left the glories of heaven. He left the streets of gold to come down to a sorry sorry, sin-filled earth. He left the riches of heaven for my sake and for your sake. He became poor. He came down to, to be born as a man, to, to be beaten, to be, have his beard plucked out, to have a crown of thorns laid on his head, to be whooped like a dog, to be nailed to an old rugged cross so that me and you could be made rich toward God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, repented of your sins and put your faith in him because he didn't just die on that cross. No, sir. No, ma'am. He died on that cross. He was buried. The Bible says that he ascended to the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He had defeated it. He had put power over it. And on the third day, he rose again. And that's why I know that I can put my faith and trust in him. And you can too, according to the Bible. There's enough grace to cover every person that ever walks the planet that's ever been born. But you have to accept it on his terms, not on yours. You have to realize that you're a sinner. You have to realize that you can't save yourself. One day you're going to die. The Bible says that we're not promised tomorrow. That's why it says today is the day of salvation. So you put your faith and trust in him. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 tells us, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. You know what? God's grace is not just sufficient to save, but also for us Christians. When we're having a hard time, you got cancer, you've lost your hand, a family member passed away, you're having hard times, you lost your job, and you go to God and you seek him. You say, Lord, please fix this. Please fix this. Lord, take care of this. Please fix this. This is what the apostle Paul did three times. He had a thorn in the flesh and he goes to God and says, please remove this. Please take this from me. Please get this off of me. I can't stand it. But God said, Jesus said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, the apostle Paul is saying, Jesus is saying, God is saying, hey, when that person's weak, when you're weak, when you're down, that's when the strength of God is made perfect and others can see the strength of God. Because listen to me, when you're in the midst of a storm, when you're in the midst of hurting, when you got cancer, when something bad happens and you say, I trust God. That is the most powerful testimony that a person can ever have. When a person's dying of cancer and they say, I trust God. Listen to me, that is a powerful, powerful testimony. The world can't understand that. What, you, what do you mean you trust God? You're dying. But what's going to happen? What's the worst thing going to happen? The Bible says for a Christian to die, it is gain. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Listen, the moment you close your eyes on this earth, you're going to lift up your eyes in heaven. Amen? Verse number seven, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. you got to submit yourself to God. 
you submit yourself, then you can resist the devil in that order. But before you can resist that devil, you have got to be submitted to God. You have got to submit your heart and your life to God, and then you can resist the devil. And the next step will be draw nigh to God. That means get close to God, and you've got to want him. Listen, it's not us that pulls away from God. It's us. It's not God that pulls away from us, but it's us that pulls away from God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. His plan of salvation will not change. I ask you today, have you ever truly repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.